Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 Welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, I'm joined by a staff guest to ramble our way through new music this week and also some personal picks. Uh, we've also got Barry Adamson joins us. Uh, he popped in to chat to me about his 40th anniversary kind of compilation, which is awesome. And there's a really fun fact about Barry, which will probably be revealed in the uh, interview. But it's to do with the intro music, so stay tuned. We've also got a spotlight on the wonderful Mel, who... Armel, who works at Rutted NYC, or until recently, because she's recently left us, um, but she's been there since the beginning. We adored her. Um, she was very much loved by staff and all friends of Rough Trade. So a very special little section for her coming up uh, a bit later on. So do keep listening. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast because very excitedly we were kind of featured on um, Apple Podcasts last week as I think one of the top podcast or something but anyway it got us really excited and it just kind of made me realize that we've come quite a long way since we launched the rough trade podcast and thank you so much to everybody that listens um who you know comments rates us tells your friends about it comes into our stores because you've heard something that you love um it's why we do it we love making it so thank you thank you thank you um so yeah gonna kick off with a song from skeggs skeggs are australian naturally and they play guitars naturally so naturally i'm going to open the show with it um they actually popped into rough trade east just last week and they tagged us in a um picture on instagram which is how i noticed that they'd been there um so guys if you're coming in next time come say hi um but yeah we'll catch you hopefully next year when you're back in the uk hopefully and uh i think this album's really great we've got it on a limited yellow vinyl um edition with a fanzine which is amazing this is smogged out by skeggs and I'll catch you in just a sec.
that was Skeggs and Smogged Out, taken from their My Own Mess album, which is available right now at Rough Trade. Um, so today I'm joined by Elliot. Hello. Who you may remember from a previous episode, uh, but Elliot works in mail order um, for Rough Trade. And very nicely to tie in with this week, uh, also who works in Rough Trade, as many of you are probably aware, is Joff, who you would have heard on the podcast quite a few times. And he is part of the band The Boy Least Likely To, who released their greatest hits album this week, which is our album of the week uh, in Rough Trade UK. Um, yeah, what to say about it? <laughs> um, well, obviously, it's an incredible album. <laughs> um. It is an incredible collection of... Um, <laughs> The last 12 years, I think it is, uh, since the release of their their debut album, which was The Best Party Ever, which I think might have been an album club record back for Rough Trade. Back in the day. Back yeah. in the day, yeah. Um, you'd have to ask Nigel about that. <laughs> um, so the Boy Least Likely to are our beloved Joff and also Pete Hobbs. They're actually going to be playing a bunch of in-stores for us this week, or kicking off this week anyway. Uh, they're playing Rough Trade East, Rough Trade Bristol and Rough Trade Nottingham. Um, so if you haven't grabbed tickets to that, then please, please do, because it's going to be really, really fun. And particularly if you're down at Rough Trade East, where Joff is normally based, there'll be a big turnout for that one. It's a, yeah, it's an amazing show live. Like, I remember seeing him when I just started working at Rough Trade and okay. just kind of, you know, because I don't know, I guess the music's very like indie pop, you know. Yeah. But it was an incredible show. Like, he like blew the crowd away, like really engaged with the crowd. Like, Yeah. I think they're one of those bands, if you don't know them, um, I can't remember which single it is, but it was used on an advert for something quite prominent like, a few years ago. I think and it was uh, um, Be Gentle With Me. It's the single. Oh, it's the single. Yeah. And I can't remember what the advert was. I probably should have done my research here. <laughs> but like, as soon as you hear it, it'll be like, oh, yeah, it's that, that song. <laughs> it's one of those. It's really good. Um, so definitely that's one to check out this week. Um, just to note that like it's getting towards the end of the year. Obviously, we've had our albums of the year out. So release weeks are a little more thin on the ground. People don't tend to release albums so much towards Christmas. But um, there's still some amazing, amazing stuff, uh, including the Big Joni Sisters album. So you might remember Big Joni from when we did our Ripped and Torn events uh, with Tony Drayton and Thurston Moore uh, last month. Um, so, yeah, they were basically picked and curated by Thurston and Tony to to play these gigs um, in celebration of the punk fanzine Ripped and Torn. Um, because Big Joni are a black feminist punk band. They're based in London. I actually caught them. They supported Dream Wife at oh, Coco cool. oh, is on that the Halloween. Halloween show, yeah. yeah I was going to go to that. But Where I, are you? Oh, yeah. it was actually really, really fun. I wish I could. Um, and I didn't realise, but Big Joni, so Dream Wife had done this thing where they'd done a shout out for female bands to kind of uh, send in their tracks oh. to them um, to be considered to be support slot for oh, that so show. They picked... And they picked Big Joni, which is really cool. And so when I got there, I was like, I know this band <laughs> because I was like, oh, I obviously caught them at the Ripped in Torn events. Um, but they're really, really great. Um, all the tracks are really, really super short, which is kind of interesting, apart from, I think, a couple. But the one I'm going to play is Fall Asleep. So... Yeah, this is number two in our top four this week at Rough Trade UK, so uh, well worth checking out. This is Big Journey and Fall Asleep. Fall asleep now, would you wake me from the 
So that was Big Joni. Elliot, going to pass the baton to you and ask you about anything in our fresh releases this week that's particularly caught your eye. Um, for me, I quite like the seven Arctic Monkeys seven inch that's came out. Oh yeah. It's, um, the Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino single yeah. comes with a uh, B side that wasn't on the album. It's quite a cool oh, B side okay, actually. Um, I really love the artwork on it, actually. It's very like uh, Stanley Kubrick almost, you know, similar okay, to the yeah. uh, videos that they were doing for some of the singles as well. Nice. Um, other things this week. Were you in particular, just sorry, just going back to Art to Monkeys, what did you think of that record this year? Oh, brilliant. I mean, I keep weighing up whether or not I should put it in my top 10 because truthfully, I did love it as an album. Yeah. But I guess truthfully, I've never been a huge fan of Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. So. Do you think it was a bit of a grower? For me, it was like instant, like, I, I way prefer this to anything they've done in the last six, seven okay. years. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Different. Second I heard it, I was like, yeah, this gives me like Beach Boys vibes on this sometimes. <laughs> like, it's very like interesting the way they've arranged it. And, yeah. Like, I just feel like the overwhelming response when it came out back in, was it September it came out? Yeah, it was very like, you know, either you loved it or you hated yeah, it when it, was it came a out. Yeah, like, my album. But I feel like now everyone's now, kind of, exactly, of turned onto it and they're like, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And it's in loads of people's like end of year list. Yeah, yeah. Potentially also yours. <laughs> it is one of those albums for me where it's like start to finish really great, you know? Like yeah. there's quite a lot of albums this year that have really incredible singles on them or like one or two really great tracks. But that's one of the few that actually is like just rolls along and you've finished it before yeah. you even know it. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right, actually. I can actually think of a few standout songs from this year where I'm like, but I don't actually really remember what yeah. was on the rest of the record. Um, yeah. It's funny, that, isn't it? Um, but I know you were going to mention something else, but maybe we come back to that after we play something. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we play Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino because I think the Rough Trade podcast has missed out on some Arctic Monkeys play playage this year, which, you know, it's kind of cool because everyone kind of, was probably heard it outside of this, but I think it'd be nice to kind of give it a spin. This was the end of the year. It was yeah. in our, was it in our top 100, Arctic Monkeys? I think it it was. Oh if it God, wasn't, this, it should have been. This is really bad, <laughs> I don't know. Well, if it wasn't, there'll be a very good reason, but we did enjoy it as a brand, as Rough Trade. But um, yeah, let's put it on. This is Arctic Monkeys and Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Oh, 
That was Arctic Monkeys. Finally graced the Rough Joe podcast. Elliot, what else have you been listening to recently or this week? So um, I heard a great album come out like a week or two ago called um, Your Dog by Rose Droll or Droll. I'm not 100% sure on the second name. Um, It's really like a unique album. It's like clearly takes a lot of influence from different kind of genres and different kind of artists. You know, it's like there's elements of like spoken word on it almost, but then it's also quite... You could hear like hip hop influences on it, yeah. And it's very, it's very like alternative, very experimental, but also quite poppy as well. You know, it's got quite a lot of melody and like really interesting and kind of unique kind of like songwriting and like song arrangements mm-hmm. in the songs. Yeah, um, it's just a great record. It's on um, Double Denim and. Um, did you? How did you come across it? I uh, just so uh, I remember um, we we only had one copy in the shop. Oh really? And I remember picking it up and sending it out to a customer and being like, "Oh, this seems interesting. I'll yeah. have a listen." And then just instantly being like, "Wow, this is really incredible!" Like it's already it's like gone straight up to number three on my top ten. Oh really? Yeah. So I love how everyone's getting a little insight into your top ten of this year because um, coming up very soon will be the Rough Trade Staff Alms of the Year. Uh, I think it's coming in a couple of weeks. Oh no. Because we're recording this early, it'll be next week by the time you hear this. So, imminent. Um, Okay, cool. Do you often find stuff like that just kind of rifling around when Um, you're sending stuff out to people? Yeah, I mean, most weeks um, I just kind of add everything to my phone or if there's something specific that has... Well, that that record, the Rose Droll one, had a really, like, unique kind of description on it. It was like like nothing you've ever heard before or something so I was like oh this must be something (laughs) so I checked it out and now that's gone straight to like number three okay nice Um, so should we play a track of this yeah yeah definitely introduce it to a wider a wider wider crowd yeah we'll play um, Boy Bruise cool so this is uh, Boy Bruise by Rose Droll
was Rose Joel and Boy Bruise. I'm just also going to say, if you can hear this incredibly loud music, the shop is basically having a party today. We're in Rough Trade East in the studio and um, it's very loud. We've got... Got Joff's music on. Joff's music on, of course. And uh, Calpurnia are playing later on tonight. So everyone's kind of pumped for that, expecting hordes of teenage <laughs> fans to descend on Rough Trade. Um, but yeah, oh, it's, it's quiet and down now. Uh, which perfectly leads us into chatting about... The next thing on the list, which is an EP from a band called An Orange Conspiracy. So it's self-titled. I'm going to say that they are another, yet another Australian wonder that has come to the Endless. Endless Australian artists these days. Oh my God, it so is. I... I'm going to shut up because them, I just could go on about this forever. Yeah. Like um, there, the Australian There must be something in the water out there. Like. I've been saying this. And I know obviously there's always been brilliant music coming out of Australia. But yeah. I just feel like this year... Particularly, yeah, the particularly past these, two um, years have just yeah, exploded, it's just exploded like. massively. Um, but yeah, you picked this one out, didn't you? Because you said that this quite a few people have ordered this one. Yeah, we've had. So you kind of, yeah. you kind of uh, noticed it off the back of that. But, and then we uh, we listened to it earlier, didn't we? And it's actually really quite good. Quite black easy. Very black easy. Yeah, definitely that kind of like grungy psych blues kind of vibe. Um, I mean, it is crazy the amount of bands that have came out of there in the last year or two, just like. Yeah. Roland Blackouts, King Gizzard, um, 
Clowns. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's um, it, actually. Skeggs, <laughs> um, the Goon Sacks. They're, they're from Australia, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. 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 It is endless. Courtney though. Barnett, Jane Cloa, just, I mean, Connor we could Marcuson. go on and on. Oh, he's more New Zealand, though. He is New Zealand. I was going to say the best, but they're from New Zealand as well. Yeah. Obviously, completely different countries. But from that part of the world, it's just like... It's because we put it as a Australia and New Zealand as yeah, a section yeah. in our show. The Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just incredible. Um, I think it's really, really exciting. Every time there's a new Australian band in my it's kind of atmosphere, like I'm just like, yep, yeah, put the headphones on, well, stick it on. Even that kind of like parody-ish band, The Shacks, when they put out that Smoko thing, that blew up as kind of a joke. But their actual album that came out a couple of weeks ago, was really good, really oh, great. Yeah. Did you just say The Shacks? I think yeah. you The Chats. Oh yeah, The Chats. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, goodness. The Shacks are really quite not like <laughs> The Shacks are definitely not on Smoko, but The Chats, chats are. Chats, Shacks. <laughs> yeah, no, that Chats record's great. Um, obviously, I played that actually in the show, to open the show a few weeks ago, the Smoko song. Shaq's one's good as well. The Shaq's one is good as well. That is, uh, I think that's number 100 in our 100 yeah. albums of the year this year. So, nice. uh, and was that album of the month for? Squeezed in. Yeah. It was our album of the month. What was it for? March, I think. Or April. It was April, wasn't it? Yeah. I actually really like that record. Did you hear their EP? Before, what? Yeah. Before, uh, their yeah. 2016, it... I, pref- I preferred their 2016 EP to the... Um, okay, did that come out on a 10-inch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I've got like, that. Blue, yeah. I got them to sign it when they came in for a podcast. Nice. They're so lovely as well. I got them to sign I've still got mine upstairs waiting to be bought. <laughs> uh, I love this tangent on the shacks. Yeah. It's great. Um, but back to um, an Orange County. Orange Conspiracy, sorry. <laughs> an Orange County is something completely different. Um, yeah, should we play a track from there? Because yeah, I think definitely. we need to kind of been blabbing on about them and how great Australia is and that they're like the Black Keys but obviously within their own right. So uh be good to let other people have a, <laughs> have a dictate on what that is. Um, so this track is called Slow Lizard. It's by An Orange Conspiracy off their self-titled EP. Um, yeah, here we go. Do you ever feel like you're not alone? Like you're being watched by a government drone? Addicted to mobile phones?
So that was an Orange Conspiracy and Slow Lizard. We are really, really liking that. Um, Elliot, anything else? I was thinking maybe we could play some Calpurnia. Yeah, definitely. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who Calpurnia are, I mean, they've probably ri- risen to prominence quite prominently within like the kind of main press and media because Finn Wolfhard, who is in the band, is obviously also in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. So, you know, that's ultimately going to get you some get you a bit of spotlight there but um they are actually really great and we're really excited to uh, have them in the shop and they did play rough trade nyc um beginning of the summer i think and that was like i think it was like mega crazy yeah i've like, heard it i heard it was an incredible gig like. yeah like an awesome gig but also just so many young fans yeah. and like people crying that they couldn't get tickets and stuff like that which is always going to be the case when you've got a kind of super popular young band but um i think it's really nice and we've been saying a lot in rough trade that it's it's great that it's bringing a much yeah a, it, a different it's audience great to, yeah to encourage a, yeah, a different group of people to yeah. come in and yeah exactly get to know the shop and get to you know experience that kind of experience that they wouldn't experience yeah 100 um so hopefully you know by the time you hear this there'll be pictures and videos and stuff up across our social channels that you can go in and dip into but um yeah should we play a track from colpernia yeah, absolutely Anything else before we play them that you want to flag from 2018 or 2018? Because mm. I'm thinking this is a, I think this is the second to last standard podcast for 2018. Um, what I will squeeze in is that my album of the year was uh, Haley Hendrix. I need to start a garden. Okay. Yeah, and um, I just feel like it deserves as much kind of promotion as possible because it's a really beautiful, stunning kind of album. Definitely give that a listen. Um, yeah, let's go straight into Calpurnia. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much, Elliot, for joining us. No problem. Um, next week we've got... Last Alms of the Month of December is uh, coming up next week. And then following that will be a counterculture special where you'll hear from lots of hopefully enthusiastic stuff from Rough Trade Shops on their tracks from this year. Top tens. Top tens, yeah. Um, but to coincide with the counterculture compilation, which we put out, please go and check it out. It's up for pre-order now. Um, I'm blabbing now, so we're just going to get on and play some Calpurnia. And yeah, then I'll catch you after this. This is Calpurnia and Blame.
So big thanks to Elliot for joining me uh, on the podcast this week and helping me ramble through new this week uh, releases. Uh, so next up, and we've got Barry Adamson, who dropped in to chat to me about his 40th anniversary compilation and his incredible, incredible career, including, of course, being part of Magazine, who, of course, uh, intro our show every week. So I thought that was pretty poetic. And yeah, here's me and Barry and 5 to 1. Love my girl. She looking good. Come on. One more. Five to one, baby. One in five. No one here gets out alive now. You get yours, baby. I'll get mine. Gonna Barry Adamson, welcome to the Rough Trade podcast. Thank you, Amai. Uh, you've just been sound checking um, at Rough Trade East because you are performing tonight. Mm. Um, have you played one of our shops before? I have. I've done a record store day where I've gone up and down the country. Oh, okay. <laughs> and awesome. doing as many as I can cram in, in yeah, one yeah. day. That was quite fun, actually. Yeah, they're usually yeah. like pretty bad, mm. really busy. Mm. But, um, it's a great atmosphere, though. Yeah, and really different yeah. from like yeah, a, normal, exactly. a normal gig. It's a bit like a sort of... Uh, moving festival yeah. <laughs> where you just have yeah, to kind of that's such a good description. Get, jump on the stage, do it and get off and get yeah. in a car and drive off to the next place. <laughs> um, so these interviews are usually quite informal and short, which is really scary for me today because your career is huge and there's so much I could ask you about and would want to chat to you about. Um, so I'm not quite sure where to start, but sure. I actually want to start with magazine because yeah. uh, the intro music to our show is actually magazine. Ah, um, it's... Uh, shot by both sides of mm -hmm. the track um so i was like really excited when you were going to come on the podcast because I was, I was like oh yeah. my god <laughs> someone well, from the band i can tell you i remember very clearly 40 years ago like going to the station in piccadilly in manchester to pick up the the seven inch shot by both sides in the middle of the night there was like wow. a, a delivery yeah. of the train i said i'll go i'll go got so excited i've never had a record out yeah. never been on a record or anything yeah. like that so it was really exciting to actually just get these like boxes of seven inches, go home and take them out, and sort of bits, little bits of vinyl kind of peeling off. Yeah. They're so brand new. It's very exciting. Oh, that's so exciting. And is it true that you learned to play the bass overnight for the Pre band? Pretty much, yeah. Um, a friend of mine, you know, said, you know, you can have this bass. It only had two strings on it. So when I went to buy the other two, there was the advert for magazine. So I bought the other two and then stayed up all night yeah. practicing. Then by the time I got there the next day. A song was kind of thrown at me, and it, yeah. it only the light pulls out of me. It's called, and it only had one note <laughs> in it on <laughs> the bass. So I played that, doom, 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 you know, made up yeah. this, this kind of little phrase and got the job, really. So, oh wow! But then I spent kind of quite a few months trying to, you know, apply my trade yeah. and learn something. I guess it's quite a good way to learn just kind of being thrown in there, particularly probably, when it's like recorded music. There's probably no other way, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, you have to have the discipline to sit down and practice every day but the whole kind of punk spirit was just to just do it anyway yeah so i had a bit of that in my favor i think yeah and of course then you were one of the founding members of the bad seeds mm. uh, alongside nick cave of course yeah. um what was that like that must well, have been amazing it was um a great period because the birthday party had just imploded mm. and there was sort of like a fallout from that really 
And so Nick asked me if I wanted to do something. I said, yeah, sure. So we went on this weird tour. And I think at that time it was Nick Cave and the Cavemen before it became the Bad Seeds. And there was all these different members floating around. But I sort of stuck around a bit. And then we recorded the first album. And then that was the first version of the Bad Seeds. And then that's why I put like From Her to Eternity on the mm. compilation album. Because it's just a brilliant sort of memory of... Uh, of an insane time yeah. and working on music like that, which yeah. is just priceless. You, know? yeah. you can't put a figure on how great it was to, to be there doing that. Yeah. And then did you recently, quite recently, rejoin them on tour? I did for a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, they were a man down and another man was ill. So I said, I can probably do both of those jobs at yeah. the same time. Was it quite a different experience to when you were first? It's completely different. <laughs> completely. I mean, the success, so success had kind of grown them into the people that they are yeah. today as well. You know, So there's a less sort of... A, I don't know, chaotic approach to everything. They seem to have the time to sort of work things out and what they were doing. And there's different influences in the band. Mick Harvey wasn't there anymore. So it's kind of very much Warren Ellis driven. Mm. It was a different kind of angle. Mm. And then, of course, you went solo. Mm. Um, and I think you've done, is it nine albums? Solo albums nine, you've done now? nine, ten, yeah. How, yeah. obviously, we're here today to talk about your yeah. anthology. Um, which is a reflection of so much so that everything, you've done. Everything, everything that you've from the done. beginning, really, yeah. Um, do you feel like your solo career really developed over time and gave you a chance to explore and experiment with I so think, many different things? Yeah, I, th I think especially as an artist, wanting to sort of improve as an artist and, and sort of look at different things and how to put them across and how to sort of self-develop in that way I think yeah. that's been great that's been really crucial I was working on something the other day and I thought wow there was a time when I just couldn't do this at all you know and the way I was doing it it was almost like this idea that I wanted to do mm. it was like a quite complex string arrangement on something and I thought you know I used to sort of have an idea about it but I could never you know and over time I'm sort of self-taught to you know put things like that together so each stage is sort of a, a, a really good case for self you know, development in the, um, as an artist, really. And I feel yeah. more comfortable as an artist. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. That's who I am. Yeah. I mean, putting together 40 years of music under one roof, as it were, yeah. in a compilation album, that must be yeah. quite a task. Was it, it really was. tough to, like, pick stuff out? And did it kind of rejog your memory about mm. certain moments or periods? It did when I listened to the test pressings. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I got help, you know, mm. and um, there was a short list. And then that got sort of chiseled down. And there's still some on there. I mean, I'm going to do a couple tonight that aren't on it, for example. Okay. That I really like. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking, oh, why aren't they on it? You know, so <laughs> it kind of changed like that. But I, I did like, you know, the, the songs that were picked and the, the, the sort of the way they the record flows. I mean, I, I also had this idea to approach it like it was a new album. Okay. So people who didn't know my stuff could listen to it for the yeah. first time. So there would be, a, you know, a bit of intrigue and a bit of sort of mystery about what this was, this music, yeah. and the way it was like turning from genre to genre. And then you flip the record over and it's something else altogether. So that was very staged, I suppose, okay. not in a kind of hokey way, but like I wanted to have it so that if you listen to it for the first time, it had an impact. Mm. And if you knew it all along, you'd go, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so I, went out, I don't know if that's been successful, but, you know. I guess it must be because I'm sure some people who might know you through maybe just your solo work or maybe mm. just one band that exactly, you worked yeah, with yeah, or yeah. maybe your, your composition there work that you've is. done. Yeah, roof, like exactly. And then they can be like, oh, you did this yeah, and yeah, you did yeah. this. Like I thought it was important to sort of include that. I mean, there's some other things as well that I thought about including from film and stuff. Mm. 
But then it would have got a bit off me. I don't know. I think it would have been a bit much. So I just kind of kept it sort of band focus. And yeah. Has there been like a, a favourite project that you've done, or to, or is it just all so different? And they are really, they are really so different. So you, you, you know, there's, there, I think there are some things where once they finish, you feel the experience was really great. You know, working on a working on a David Lynch film is always mm. good. You know, and you know, just some of those projects and. Even, uh, I mean, I wrote a piece for a ballet once and I didn't really even realise that the, the ballerina was such a sort of, uh, you know, prima diva. And she was like just really kind of nice. But then I saw I saw her work and I was just like completely blown away, you know. Wow. And that was at the, you know, um, at the sort of opera house and it was all very, well, you know, well received. And like things like that, uh, you know, and I forget about things like that. Even sort of writing a song where you think, oh, you know, I want to get, this thing and you get it mm. it's a great feeling mm. I do a song tonight called Come Hella High Water and it's one of those songs where <clears throat> it all all the elements kind of came together all the things I've been trying to work for if you like yeah. came together in that one song so that was quite fun to, that, that's a little thing like a little memory I think, yeah you know. you've got a new song on the anthology mm. that is as of yet un, well is released now because yeah, the anthology's yeah. out I think we're going to play um, that one actually. The Hummingbird can mm. you tell me a bit about that song and well, as the compilation was coming together, I was working on some new songs and uh, it was suggested that I put something new on there. And so I sort of like went, oh, okay. Uh, and for some reason, this song seemed to sum up not only where I was at artistically, but it, it helped me to sort of look backwards over a whole career and bring something like this right up to date. And it had all the sort of, for me, sort of satisfactory elements in terms of that thing of trying to carve something, you know, out, mm. like it took a you know, piece of wood and carve it and then yeah. find this thing. And then some of the ideas in the song I was really, really quite happy with. I, th I felt that they were sort of like, they showed that I was still on the, the same path and still sort of twisting and turning things around. So I, th I thought that, that would definitely be the one to include. I think that's the one we're going to play, actually. Oh, awesome. Um, but just before you play, um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming oh, in and chatting no, to us. And nice. congratulations for mm. your album being one of our albums of the month Great. in November. And congratulations for a year at Rough Trade. Thank you. Yes, my You're one year anniversary at Rough Trade. <laughs> so exciting. Um, Barry, thank you so much. You're and welcome. we will play The Hummingbird. The Hummingbird at the four o'clock flower Got a gun in my hand So I kill every hour Done with the dirt And all the days in the shower Just to get the stink Off of me It was spurious, it was sweet Scrubbed away till underneath I could feel the white hot heat White hot heat On a hot white sheet Like a shark I smelled the blood Then I could not get enough All the frenzy out of love would not soften from the bottom when the landscapes came alive. The words as I feast on pink. You can lead a horse to water, you can make him take a drink. You think that you all know me, but it ain't quite what you think Here on Ballard's plantation 
But with a language out of reach, with her face I did beseech, till my soul was all a bleach. Dry my eyes now as I stare into the sun, and the world begins to fade with the choices we have made. So commence a new charade, bright and shiny as a mirror, and the landscapes came alive. Got a gun in my hand, so I kill every Done with the dirt and all the days in the shower Never get the stink off of me Yeah, we whisper of the grass and the perfect way to pass And it's love forever lasts Hold me over as I glide into the light Cause despite a life of thrift See my mood begin to lift With a momentary shift No surprises on the radio or the land thanks to Barry and that album is out right now next up and the wonderful Mel from Rough Trade NYC very sadly left us recently so we wanted to do a special spotlight uh, in the podcast to celebrate everything Mel and everything that she has done for Rough Trade hey this is Jill at Rough Trade New York and I'm with here with Ski hi guys and Mel hi and we're here for a very sad moment as our dear Mel is leaving the Rough Trade family for a minute. Well, you're still part of the family. Always. Thank you. Good luck, Mel. Thank you. Uh, but Mel was hired before the store was even open? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very exciting times. Very lucky and honored and proud to have worked for Rough Trade. And you guys had to work not even in the store, right? For a little while, yeah. yeah we were two of the originals. We were hired... And we hung in in the office area before the store even opened. And you guys got to hang out with Dennis. Dennis and Ed and a couple of people that aren't here anymore. And Adrian and Nigel would pop in and Pete would pop in. And um, yeah, there were good times in that apartment. Stuart was in the apartment with us. Who else? Uh, just yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's only five of us left from the originals, so. But you guys. Six, are... and then Mel's leaving. And then we all bonded over music in that apartment. What did you guys talk about there? 
Or would you listen to? Uh, I don't remember. It was so much. I feel like we listened to a little bit of Robert Wyatt. We would listen to like, um, I don't know, prepared piano stuff. We would listen to uh, all different stuff. Maybe even like Graham Parker or something. And what would Dennis play? We'd, we'd play, maybe I'd want to hear like a Badfinger song or something. It was like all over the place. You'd have like um, some good industrial stuff. Maybe we'd listen to the Buzzcocks. I feel like it's just a lot of classic stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was over a dozen people in one room, so we just kind of took turns and got to know a little bit about everybody by uh, their picks. Uh, Dennis also would say that there was like a there was a little bit of a debate about what the first record that you were gonna play in the shop was when it opened. I don't even remember that. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? What did we play? I think Nigel ended up choosing as the story I heard. Probably. It was probably William Onibar or Tim Maya. I bet. One of the two. Yeah, I don't, I don't Which remember. are both amazing records. First sale, first thing we played. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It was during the grand opening party, though, when we had the first sales. True. We opened the registers that night, even though we weren't technically open to the public. Uh-oh, it sounds like someone's stealing something. <laughs> Your alarm's off and skis up here in the interview. <laughs> What's going to happen? Um, well, this is coming out the Tuesday after Black Friday Record Store Day. And you've, Mel, worked every Record Store Day? Yep, since the beginning of Record Store Day. What's your favorite part of Record Store Day? Making the customers happy. I mean, you disappoint a lot of them, too, in the very end when you're sold out of stuff, but making those initial ones happy, it's the best. What's the longest you've ever seen a customer wait for a record store day? Oh, all day. <laughs> I mean, here it happens to, like, 6 o'clock, right? Um, but honestly, just seeing, like, how happy the customers are with their... They're all so passionate about what they love and... Well, there's people online from overnight, don't forget, so the, the wait is 12 hours for some of them. That's crazy. But it's the love. That's why we're here anyway. It's the love of the music. How many people have you had to kick out of Record Store Day speaking? Uh, not, not many. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a con very controlled chaos. Um, do you guys remember the first Rough Trade New York Record Store Day? Yeah, it was yeah. for Black Friday, or like the Record Store Day, Record, record Store Day. Record Store Day, Record Store Day. Oh, April. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> record Store Day is the, the best. Um, who, do you remember who played that year? A lot of really good bands. Did, uh, did Emma and Dunes play that year? And did Steve Gunn play? I think that's the year Steve Gunn played. I think it is. I think so. Try to get him back every year for you. Thank you. He's your favorite. He's one of my favorites. Um, do you have any like particularly best record store day memories? Other than making money and making customers happy? <laughs> um, I just like how busy it is. It's just fun. It's just like a... You interact with people all day long and it's nonstop and... 
serving customers is the most fun part of the job. So that's what you get to do all day, and it's nonstop. It's awesome. I love Record Store Day. Yeah, we always have great events on Record Store Day. I remember the Buzzcock signing and Kim Gordon signing her book. We always get good events. Um, what would you say if you're gonna pick Christine too? Sorry, that was this year. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It was really good. Yeah. Um, what if you're gonna pick a record that, like, come when this podcast releases in two weeks? Um, that like summed up that you think of, you'll like what's the first record you'll think of when you think of your time at Rough Trade um probably the first well probably the first Coulter Wall release and the first Margot Price release because Jill you loved it and Dennis loved it and Nigel loved it and I think because we all loved it, it was so fun to bond over that record, those releases when they came out and watching N Nigel sell them to customers. And I don't know, those records are amazing. So um, those are some. You want to, we could do a song for one of those? Sure. Do you like Margot Price or Coulter Wall? Who you pick? Coulter. All right, let's do a song from the new Coulter Wall. I cut through the Rockies like some unholy blade The icy depths of the Pacific I have bathed Wherever I wander, wherever I stray The rustle wheat fields start calling my name Calling my name let me die in the country that I love the most I'm a plain to see plainsman and of this I will boast My heart it lies far from the east or west coast This plain to see plainsman is longing for home Longing for home Well, the North folk are dandy, they don't mind the cold. The South has filled up both my belly and soul. I know when I'm gray and I know when I'm old. These bones will cry out for the place they were born. The place they were born. Let me die in the country that I love the most I'm a plain to see plainsman and the this I will boast My heart it lies far from the east or west coast This plain to see plainsman is longing for home Longing for home
I met beautiful women, a pleasure to see. Road-bitten bikers and barefoot hippies. Junkies and saints on my travels I grieve. Far too few a homesick young plainsmen like me. Plainsmen like me. Let me die in the country that I love the most. I'm a plain to see plainsman, and this I will boast. My heart it lies far from the east or west coast. Oh, this plain to see plainsman is longing for home, longing for home. Mel, what else do you think about when you think about rough trade? Um. Well, I lo- I've loved Bauhaus and Love and Rockets since I was a kid, and meeting Ski, like, right away right when I met Ski, like, he loved everything that we both loved since we were a kid. He's wearing a Susie and the Bansy- Banshees t-shirt right now, so that's, that's you know, one of the bands. Um, and then um, when I met George, he loved Bauhaus and Love and Rockets just as much, so it was just nice hearing that stuff in the store and having people to bond over it with, and I think... All of that stuff really connected me to the store more because it made me happy to be here with people that liked the same stuff when I was a kid and they were a kid. <laughs> That's cool. What about you, Ski? What's your favorite memory of Mel? Uh, I think just it's the, the weekends. I think just since both of us seem to do all weekend, every weekend, that it was just, you know... We'd sort of get to program. We'd we'd get to we, we'd have time in the shop and we'd get to uh, just talk and get to program a little bit and play some old, some of the old school stuff like she just talked about. That's awesome. You guys think of like a time when uh, like I think one of the funnest things is when you put on a record, and then a customer runs up to the counter and is like, "What is this? What's like the favorite record that you've had like customers?" Like the most customers come up to that you put on. I don't know. I feel like it's been all different records. Um, but that is the best feeling. I mean, when you're being that tastemaker and somebody really appreciates it. But there there are times when you put a record on, though, and four people buy it. Yeah. Um, Nigel will put on Tim Maya or William Oni Bar and sell those four copies of it. I remember one day Leo put Modern, Modern Lovers on. And he sold like four copies. I feel like you sold like whenever you put on Love too, which is one of your favorite oh, records. Really? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I want everybody to buy them. <laughs> it's Rough Trade Essential. The Rough Trade Essentials are pretty, pretty right on. Pretty They're essential. All essential. And all of my favorite stuff. Like it's just, it's all the the bread and butter of music. It's. The best of the best. What will, what's a record that you've discovered since being here that you would never have thought you'd like? I tried to get into Arthur Russell for so long. I mean, I've sold it to customers for so long, and everybody, all of my friends, like everybody I've ever known, said that Arthur Russell is the best. And it wasn't till 
and everybody would put them on here and I couldn't get into them. One day George put it on and it started to blow my mind. I finally got it all. <laughs> so thank you, Rough Trade, for making me like Arthur Russell. <laughs> um, what about, so like you're, you always close on Thursdays and you put out the new releases. Mm-hmm. And that's like a pretty solid crew of people. It's you, Tommy, and George. Yeah, it's beer club. <laughs> um, and I know George was saying last week how sad he was for beer club to end. I can come back on a Thursday night and join <laughs> in on beer club. I mean, that's not what we're saying, but you are welcome. <laughs> we were joking about how well nothing nothing will be as like well put out and like is it has been like all the now like the new releases section and oh thank you but tommy and george do so well when i'm on vacation i do i do they hold it down (laughs) we're just gonna say we're missing you um but yeah who else have you who else would you say describes your time here who else can describe it no who else like what other bands oh um I mean, I I feel like I do. We do listen to so many essentials here, so many essentials that have been part of my collection throughout my life. And um, you know, it's weird to have worked here during um, David Bowie's death and Prince and um, Nick Cave son dying and all these people that I love going through these tragic things. And one of my all-time favorite bands, Can, Ermine, and Holger. Dying both in the same year, Walter Becker dying. Like it was, it's been a pretty rough five years with with all of my favorite musicians dying. <laughs> but so. don't you think it's weird being in a like in a record store when an artist dies? It's a very weird experience because there's this moment where we all play. We obviously like when Leonard Cohen passed away. Oh, Leonard Cohen and, too. And Aretha when Aretha passed away, oh, yeah. forget it. We played both as artists the whole yeah. day. And it's weird because, like, we have, like, uh, the sad truth is, you know, we bring in the record and all these people are coming in. But also it's, like, this beautiful moment where we have so many customers coming in to kind of remember. And share their experiences. Yes. It's, it's yeah, people kind of share with us. It's, it's a impromptu sort of memorial service. We're playing the artist's music and reminiscing amongst the staff. And then customers come in and remember the first time they either heard the artist or went to see them live and, and everybody just talks and bonds. Music's just a whole emotion. Bringing everybody together. <laughs> and I'd say you two are probably like a, like two of the most like recognizable or like favorites of like our, our regulars. Especially like on, and you always see it on Record Store Day, everyone's like, oh wait, Mel. Uh, Mel knows exactly what Record Store Day releases I would want. Uh, I'm just going to ask her. <laughs> and I think it's because we're both friends with Sal and Melanie and Steven. So, and Christian. Yeah, we, we both have our same. We both have a lot of regulars that we love. Yeah, again, I think since we're both, we're kind of been the weekend crew here for so long that that's kind of when, I mean, just obviously when more people come in, it's the weekends. So, yeah, the, our usual, the regular faces, Frank and Steven and all these guys that come in, Christian, yeah, all the guys you mentioned. Oh, Frank. What all are our they regular gonna... shoppers. Jim. 
How do we break it to them that Mel won't be here? <laughs> we don't. We'll be okay. I already <laughs> told Jim and Christian. I'll t- I'm going to email Melanie and Ed and Sal. I like that you have to, like, you have to send a formal notice not to, like, our staff, but to our customers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to draw on the back of the Mac DeMarco cutout. We're going to draw Mel, so she's always here. <laughs> Except Mel hates her photos so much she'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could stand me next to Al Green instead, though. I mean, not that I don't love Mac DeMarco, but it would be cool to stand next we to Al Green. Al He's Green. not wearing I think a we still have T-shirt Al Green. either. He's no, it's like just shirtless. Yeah. I'd rather stand next to Al Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stand you next to the Al Green standee. Okay. I'll help you make the cardboard cut out of me. Okay. That works. Um, who else? What... Ski, what would you say is a record that, like, when it plays, you think of Mel? Like, I can think of, like, I always think of Mel whenever Steve Gunn goes on. <laughs> and we'll always think of Mel when Steve Gunn goes There's on. so many. And then, I mean, since we've been the, the two main used buyers for so long, it's it's like Christmas every time we do a buy. So uh, I'll throw on an Excess album and then Mel will start dancing around the counter and stuff. So it's... I haven't danced on the counter yet. Uh, well, that's for Saturday for your <laughs> yeah. going away party. <laughs> but I will say, I remember our hollow, our holiday party here in January. January, uh, you, you were DJing ski, oh, and there was, yeah, was one the point best. where you got Mel to full on dance around the store. Oh, because Jen and Ed danced the cramps, and then I da- danced to Darkness with her because we both like that Darkness song. Should we play that Darkness song? No. No? That's not what you want to play next? No. All right. I'm just picking. <laughs> Ski can pick it. All right, Ski. Uh, as a farewell to Mel, what is one song you want to send Mel off with? Mel's whispering sure. the chameleons, but it doesn't have to. I would love to hear the chameleons up to down escalator. All right. Is there any particular reason? It's just a classic. I used to hear on the Toronto radio station I grew up with as a kid, and, and I mean, uh, all us old timers like the chameleons. <laughs> I remember Ski put them on like within the first week that we were open, and I think I just started crying. I was so happy to hear the chameleons. <laughs> All right, we'll end with the chameleons first, though. Mel, I hope you know how much we'll miss you. I'm going to tell you it, like, five more times before you leave. making me really sad. I miss you. Um, We, I don't, I think, like, our store depends, has depended on you for five years. And I've depended on all of you for five years. We're still here. I'm going to call you every day at work. (laughs) Thank you, Rep Traders, for everything. Um, All right, and... Ski, tell us the last song. One more time. Uh, This is the Chameleons, Up the Down Escalator.
to the end of the show this week thank you so much for listening um yeah what to say we've only got what three weeks left of 2018 ah um so coming up next week it's the final albums of the month for 2018 join nigel and i and we'll be running through the top 10 as ever uh then the week following we've got a special counterculture 
um, edition of the podcast coming up. So you'll be hearing hopefully from lots of people across Rough Trade. And that will also coincide with the Rough Trade staff albums of the year, which obviously is highly anticipated every year, but that will be launching very, very soon. So do keep your eyes peeled. Please go to roughtrade.com and explore our books of the year, which were announced just last week. We've got 25 titles this year. It's a brilliant, brilliant um, selection. There's some signed copies in there too. So do go and browse over at roughtrade.com. I'll stick the link in the... um in the show notes um anything else to mention obviously we've still got some events running through till the end of the year including some amazing new year events happening at happening at uh nottingham for sure anyway uh so yeah head to roughtrade.com slash events as ever to check out everything that's happening um yeah in our stores i'm beginning to ramble again so i'm gonna close the show out now with the new single from sleaford mods um the brilliant band that we adore uh, announced their new album that's coming out next year and it's called Eaten Alive. Uh, it's up for pre-order right now. You can get an indie exclusive blue vinyl version of this. Um, but yeah, this is their new single and I'll catch you next week. This is Flipside and Sleeping Mods. Bye. Flipside space. It's a banner for the TV pigs. You get the ready daytime shakes And the answers blowing on beep beep Flipside speaks Make a living, it's a cotton shape I get Egyptian ones and kiwi sweets She wants some weed, it's gotta be good stuff Rockwell, Graham Coxon Looks like a left-wing Boris Johnson The fields are breathing in There's a world it uses them to breathe in Don't splat cheap myth Make us a what? Don't splat Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.